Hallelujah. March. So as we, in line with that, we, we, in this month of March, we, we're going to go for a series that we're calling Do It. I was going to call it Just Do It, and I thought Nike took it. They'll think I'm, I'm stealing their strap line. So we just remove the just. But you know, the Bible says the just shall live by faith in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. So just do it makes sense. But it's a do it series. Amen? And, and the whole idea with this series is now to help you act in faith in the areas that God has placed before you right now. Act in faith towards your business, your family, I've already said, your ministry, your finances, your education, your relationships, your, you know, your, act in faith towards your effectiveness in winning souls, bringing people to Christ, uh, you know, act in faith. So as we do this series, this is what we'll be adding to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And today I just want to talk to you about uh, something I've entitled When Dreams Come True. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. And I'm going to read quite a long portion of scripture. How many know that public reading of scripture is awesome? Public reading of scripture. Chapter 41, just be there. We're going to start from verse 1. And we're going to read up to verse 41. So I want you to enjoy this. Genesis chapter 41. We're going to read from uh, verse 1. And we're going to go up to 41. I want to talk about when dreams come true. Hallelujah. That's where we're going to begin acting by faith on your dreams. Verse 1, the Bible says, Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile. But these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny thin cows ate the seven healthy fat cows. At this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. Verse 5. But he fell asleep again and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams, so he called for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt, When Pharaoh told them these dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today, I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I 
each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant, and everything happened just as he had predicted. Mark those words. And everything happened just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as a cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Verse 14, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means. But I've heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph, it is, Joseph answered, it is beyond my power to do this. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. I just love Joseph's answer. Verse 17, so Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River and I saw seven fat healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in this marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick looking cows, crony and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such a sorry looking animals in all the land of Egypt. This thing, these thin scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterward, you wouldn't have known it. For they were still as thin and as scrawny as before. Then I woke up. In my dream I also saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. And the shriveled heads swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God, and he will soon make them happen. We are in verse 33. Therefore Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. There you go, Joseph is now creating a job for himself. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away 
Guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. <coughs> Excuse me. So Pharaoh, <coughs> so Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man, so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. And verse 41, finally, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Are you with me? That's so for some of you that's a full reading for that's your full reading for the whole week, right? Well, you just did it in church. Hallelujah. I just love love that story. Verse 41, I'm still going to read verse 41 again in the King James Version. In the King James Version. It says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over the land of Egypt. Say with me, See, I have set thee over the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. And as I talk about dreams coming true, when dreams come true, I want us to just capture, really there's no better person to talk about when you're going to talk about dreams than Joseph. Because in Joseph we see the full story of a young boy, a man, full potential, growing old, and even dying. We see the whole story. Joseph actually is a very good picture of Jesus. If you follow Joseph's life, you see a lot of prophetic indicators of the Messiah, how Jesus is going to look like, what Jesus is going to go through in life, and how Jesus is going to rise up eventually and be the deliverer. Are you with me? Joseph is a good indicator of Christ. Now, dreams coming true. Why I like verse 41 is because the statement is awesome. When Pharaoh said, I set you above the entire kingdom. Joseph now has been set up and he has been given the world. What I want you to understand when Pharaoh is saying to Joseph, I set you above the entire kingdom of Egypt. Egypt at this point is a reigning uh, in our new language, superpower. It's the most advanced, advanced civilization at this point. So Joseph is actually, by becoming the highest guy in Egypt, is becoming the highest guy in the world around, the known world. Are you with me?
And if you've read the story of Joseph, you find that the Bible says when he was 17 years old, Joseph had a dream. Two dreams, actually. One of the dreams he had was that when he was sleeping at night, he saw him and his brothers gathering sheaves. I think this is the second dream. They were gathering sheaves together. You know, like harvest sheaves. And, 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 and he says... What happened in the dream was that at some point, all the sheaves lined up, okay? The 11, which is 11 of his brothers, and they bowed down to his sheep, harvest sheep. I want you to, to, to see the symbolisms in these dreams, and it's going to help some of you learn how to, to trust God to interpret dreams as well. Because everything he's dreaming about, just, just, just like it, it happened. Everything. It happened. And when that happens and he tells his brothers, the brothers quickly interpret, this means you are saying you're going to be our leader. You're going to be our ruler. Well, this Joseph is coming from a family of 12 brothers. He's number 11. And number 11 is claiming that he's going to rule over the other. Now, it's hard enough to do that even nowadays, right? <laughs> you know? And all the firstborns said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> There's only one firstborn <laughs> in this place. But, you know, if you come very down on your family, hey, there's a firstborn there as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> oh, sorry, sir. Bless you. <laughs> Second last. But, you know, if you come really at the, towards the bottom of your family, okay, there is maybe, in those days, if us, we come from big families. Some of you, doesn't really matter. You come from family of two. I mean, the family of two, there's no firstborn. <laughs> you were just born, both of you. You know, <laughs> family of eight, you know. I was now, I'm number seven in a family of eight. And it's very hard. If I can remember, you know, when I was growing up, to try and assert myself over six other people that are older than me. Because as I'm going through primary school, somebody else is finishing their O-levels and going to university. It's very hard to assert yourself. It doesn't matter. When you're eight, you feel, I'm older now, and, and there's still somebody 20-something in your family. When you're 12, you feel, yeah, yeah, I have a say as well. They say, no, 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 I'm married now. What's wrong with you? Are you with me? <laughs> when you think, yeah, I'm 21. Now I've grown up. I can have a voice in this family. They say, no, we have children. <laughs> so it's very hard for the young one to really assert themselves in a family. And sometimes young people, people like that who were last born, I think, that grow up with a complex where people begin to think, he's a difficult child. It's because you never... He's never really had the chance to be heard. So sometimes they grow up and they begin to be more difficult than everyone else. But it's because they never had the chance to be heard. So they, they just go through life trying to assert themselves, trying to be heard, trying to be heard. And because of that, if it's not resolved, they become a very stubborn person. Because they believe nobody listens to them. Now let's go, let's not go into that. Hello? 
<laughs> you people are laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, you are last. Okay. I'm reading your mail. I know. <laughs> you get me? Because you're trying to be head. But that, so I think Joseph has that little bit of that complex. But when he saw he begins to stand up on top and begins to say, Hey, I had a dream. I know, I, 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 I had a dream. Me too. I had a dream. And they say, okay, what is it? And then he tells them the dream. They say, you think we will bow to you. Now, you are arrogant. You know, they cut him to size. Finish him off. He goes away. But you see, God being God, <laughs> when Joseph goes to bed at night, God gives him another dream. Now from this passage you have read Joseph's way of interpreting dreams. If it's twice, it means it is decreed by God. So he has another dream. So he gets up and he says, I had another dream. This time we were all stars. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but in this dream I have this problem. The sun and moon and 11 stars were all bowing to me. The sun, the moon and 11 stars. And his father said, hey, or he said, Kai, <laughs> how? Now you are including me and your mother. We will bow to you. They hushed him, and his brothers heard it twice. They knew there was something about this, and they became bitter against him. He's a young, harmless boy. He cannot fight them physically, but they still plan to destroy him. That is the power of a dream. Can I pause there and say a few things? Whatever has happened to you in your life, whatever is going to happen to you, cannot resist or defeat the power of the dream God gave you. Are you with me? Yes. The enemy fights you because of the dream you carry inside you. He doesn't fight you because you just bought the most expensive makeup last week. He's not fighting you because of the car you drive or the shoes you wear. You can spend a million on your shoes if you like. That has nothing to do with the enemy fighting you. You can walk barefooted. It has nothing. The enemy fights you because of what you carry. Newsflash for some of you. He's been fighting you before you even knew what you carry. Maybe you don't realize how hard it was for Joseph to be born. Joseph is a son of a mother who could not have children. And she turned one day to her husband, Jacob... And grabbed him and said, give me a son or I'm going to die. Are you with me? Joseph had only one other blood brother called Benjamin. Comes from that line of family. Hello? Where, you know, 
we can, I can rewind it back as far as I, I can go so you can see the kind of seed he's coming from, how hard for, it was for his grandfather, Abraham, how to have a son, how hard it was for his, his great-grandfather, I mean, and then Isaac, and then, are you with me? Joseph. The enemy had been fighting him all his life because of these dreams he carried. And the day he declared them, he got in trouble. So his brothers hated him. And then and, and they sold him into slavery. They said, let's kill him, actually. And then they decided, no, no, no. One of them decided, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. And, uh, but he was planning, Reuben. He was planning, I'm going to come and steal him later. Well, they threw him in a pit. And somebody said, PIT, prophets in training. Right? <laughs> and, and, and they threw him in a pit and then they sold him into slavery and that's how he finds himself in Egypt fight after fight after fight lands him in prison because he's wrongly accused by Mrs. Potiphar I'm just paraphrasing, you should know this story and he lands in prison he ends up with Two of the king's prisoners in his same quarters. And two of the king's prisoners, one is the baker, the king's baker. The other one is the king's cupbearer. They both have dreams. I don't know why people are always dreaming around him. Maybe he had stopped dreaming and God was trying to get him to back to his dreams. I don't know. This is just me suggesting. But they dream. And when they dream, he interprets their dream. Again, for those of you that like to look at dreams and dream interpretation, watch this life and learn from him and see how he understood dream interpretation to be a thing that comes from God. Huh? Because many of us just get lost in a lot of symbolisms with dreams. And we go, okay, if we dream about bread, it means this. If we dream about... Joseph didn't say that. He said, hey, it is for God. This is for God. And then he went in and said, seven means seven years. The other seven also means seven years. The same thing he did with the baker. The other one had three baskets on his head. And he says, three means in three days. I'm trying to show you something. I don't know why I'm talking about this, because this is not what I'm really wanting to talk about. But I'm trying to show you. This is not about symbolisms, okay? When he sees three baskets, he says three days. When he sees seven cows, he doesn't say seven days. This is not about symbolisms. It's about God, hearing God. Huh? That's just a side. You know, if you want to learn more about that, I'll be doing a, a course very soon about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll do some sessions about dream interpretation and things like that. But all I'm interested in is we've caught the story now at a time when Joseph finally, finally, the dream he had when he was 17, now he's about 30, the dream comes to pass. Pharaoh the biggest ruler in the world says, you are only next to me, only in rank. But in terms of authority and operation, you can do anything you like. 
his dream comes to pass. Except it's a little bit more different. But, but you know, everything happens. His brothers come. They bow to him. His father comes. Bows to him. Everything happens as he saw it. I want you to believe again. It doesn't matter how old you were when God gave you the dreams that you have. Whether it's dreams for ministry. Dreams for how you're going to influence the world. Dreams for the businesses you're going to grow. Dreams for how your family should look like. It is God who gave you those dreams. Hello? It wasn't childishness dreaming. It is God who put those dreams in you. Hello? Dreams of what you're going to become in terms of, you know, your life. and God has been showing you dreams of you since you were young. Some of them is not because you were sleeping and then you dreamt. No, some of them is just you carry the desires in your heart. Somebody say, how do people get married? Because they dreamed about getting married. Not, not necessarily that they slept at night and then they had a dream of a wedding. Bless you if that's what you had. But it's not that. It's just because in your heart, you have this dream of, I want to have a home. I want to get married. I want to have a family. Because of that the dream, you end up getting married. God has put in you so much, so many dreams. <coughs> and the enemy wants to fight so that you don't reach those dreams. Because if you don't reach those dreams, you'll be frustrated. If you don't reach those dreams, you will not be happy in, the, in, in life. That's, not, that's even a simple way. You will not be fulfilled in your life. But by God's grace, you will reach them. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Joseph's dreams seemed so far-fetched, but every detail happened. Every detail. You know the sheaves of grain bowing? His brothers came, and he filled 11 bags with grain. (laughs) He tricked them and they came back bowing with their sheaves of grain. Are you with me? This is the detail God brings. The thing he dreamed when he was 17 happens. Exactly. And it involves grain as well. Your dreams will come to pass. Amen. This month you need to awaken your dreams. Amen. Are you with me? As a strong disciple, this month you've got to begin to say, uh-uh, I used to dream that God would give me this type of future. I used to dream. And life has bitten you and you have lost some and you failed some exams and you failed to pay for some things and, and, think, and you failed some things. Listen, you can dream still. Amen. Hello. Life is awesome when when people begin to attend their dreams. Amen. Amen. You're going to be one of them. Because God did not give you your dream to just dangle a carrot in your face. And and then that's it. That's it. And he just says, no, I just wanted you to have a taste. That's it. That's it. No, that's not the way your God operates. 
If he shows you something, he is going to fulfill it. The word God is faithful. Faithful means he will always finish what he does. Take a moment this week and think about that very strongly. What does it really mean? There is a person in your life, and this is God, who will always finish what he starts. Because sometimes we don't, we don't see the difference. We don't really meditate on that word very strongly. You see, as human beings, our definition of faithful is I will finish time permitting, resources permitting. I will finish. By God's grace, so I will finish. That's the way we think, right? And it's always by God's grace as human beings. It doesn't matter how committed you are to something, but some certain things have to allow you to finish. How many have started a project and you failed to finish before? Not because you didn't want to finish, but it just couldn't happen. You have legitimate reasons why you didn't finish. That's a human being. And God is not going to blame you for that. But as for God... When it says he is faithful, it means there is never a reason big enough for him to fail to finish. If he starts something, be rest assured that it will be accomplished. That's what it means. So you need to see God different from you and your abilities because your abilities are always hampered sometimes you wake up there's some things i needed to do on thursday last thursday had some commitments but i couldn't do them you know why because i wasn't feeling so great my body was tired uh, i had caught a cord and i was i wasn't feeling so great ended up calling some people oh i can't do this can you help me i can't do this hello now would you say oh pastor phil has a bad character he doesn't finish what he started no 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 I had a good reason for it. I was shaking in my bed like this. <laughs> with fever. But God doesn't have that. That's what I want you to see. There is no good reason for God not to finish anything. It doesn't exist. When he starts, he will finish. So he who planted that dream in you, his commitment is in such a way that nothing can stop him from finishing it. Your dream will come true. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The other thing you learn from Joseph is that God will do immeasurably or infinitely more than you dreamed. Now, I've borrowed that from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. The God who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Because Joseph saw himself ruling over his brothers and his parents. He was ruling over his clan, just his people, right? But when God fulfills the dream, Joseph is not just ruling over his family. Can you see? He's ruling over foreigners he never knew. People of a language he didn't know. He didn't grow up with. And he's ruling over the entire known world of the time. That's what he's ruling over. What he saw was just being head of his family. But what 
God did was put him on top of everyone else in the world. He will always do more than the dream you see. Amen. Amen. You'd understand that. So what you saw, or what you see, and what you dream about is, oh, if I only I could have a house, a wonderful four-bedroomed house, and, and a wife, and a, oh, or a husband, and, and some two, three kids, I'll be awesome. It will be fun for me if they can have a back garden, and, and the kids can play, you know, and, 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 and that's your dream, and that's what you have seen, and that's what you fight for in your life. Listen, there is always more when God brings it through. Because yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden you don't just end up with just you having a house and a family. God puts you in charge of other families. Amen. You begin to be the one that helps other people re- receive their dreams. Amen. But it was just your dream. Are you with me? Oh, I don't want to be a billionaire. I just want a business where I can sustain my, my, my family. I can eat. I can be in the green and, and all that and all that. But God will always do more. Yes. <laughs> Your dream, he will surpass it. Amen. Just like Joseph. His dream was, I'm going to be ahead of my brothers. And then he discovered, oh, even my dad will one day sit under me. And he ended there. But when God raised him up, he was not just ahead of his father and his brothers. He was ahead of the entire world. They were coming to him. His brothers were not even the first people to come and bow. You should read the story. Because at this point, Pharaoh said, you have become ruler in this place. Pharaoh took off his own ring of authority. He took it off and gave it to Joseph. Pharaoh agreed, I'm only going to be a figurehead. Okay? But in terms of authority, you are ruling. Took off the ring, put it on Joseph. His robe, put it on Joseph. His chariot, gave it to Joseph. And told his servant... Take him everywhere and tell the people to bow to this guy. And so Joseph was taken in the entire land of Egypt and the people were bowing. So his brothers were not even the first people to bow. God will always do more. Are you with me? It's very important that you get back on your dream this March. Get back on your dream because it's going to be done by faith. By faith. Are you with me? You're going to get back on your dream this month and you're going to say, okay, 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 I'm not giving up, but I believe and I know it's going to be done by faith. Not by how many people are supporting you right now. Not by, no, 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 no. Not by how much you are earning right now. No, 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 no. It's going to be done by faith. I want you to wake it up again. If God told you you're going to own businesses, you're going to own them businesses. Amen. By faith. Amen. Uh-huh. If God told you he's going to use you for nations, you're gonna re- he's going to use you to reach many nations. By faith. Amen. He's going to do it. Get back on that dream. We do this by faith. 
We read a scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hallelujah. You've got to do it by faith. Why? Because God will only draw pleasure from you when you do it or live by faith. Let me rephrase that. God only takes the glory when you've done it by faith. You see why you've got to do it by faith. He takes the glory because it has been done by faith. If it's not done by faith, the Bible says, we just read, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. God will have no pleasure in whatever is done outside faith. Are you with me? So perhaps this is time to learn. What does it mean, therefore? When you say, Pastor Phil, my dream can come true. What does it mean to do it by faith? Well, number one, and I'm going to be heading towards closing. Learning from Joseph. Living by faith means trusting in God and the abilities that come from him that he has put in you. It means Turning your life to follow the clues your gifts give you about what God has called you to be. Living by faith. Number one, trust the gifts God has put in you. If you're going to get to your dream by faith, you're going to learn to trust the gifts God has given you. That's a better way of putting it. What do I mean by that? How did Joseph get to his dream place? How did Joseph reach the dreamland? The same gift. Interpreting dreams. Do you realize that there's the, the difference between Joseph reaching his destiny, if you like, if I put it that way, and not reaching it, the difference was just interpreting one man's dreams. It was about in, the day he interprets Pharaoh's dream, he walks into the rest of his destiny. He becomes ruler above everyone else. His brothers bow down to him. His father comes, bows down to him. Everything happens by interpreting one man's dream. Pharaoh's dream. It's like almost, it's, it sounds like this. All his life, he was waiting for one day when Pharaoh will have a dream and he will have to interpret it. All his life. I'm trying to show you something. Because sometimes we panic. We're looking at our life and we're saying, that's not working. That's not working. Oh, I'm in trouble. That's not working. That's, oh, every, no, nothing is working for me. Nothing is working for me. Nothing is working for me. That's not working. That, listen, there's only one act of faith that God needs from you. And it will unlock the rest of your destiny. Amen. You don't see it. 
Joseph betrayed by his brothers. Joseph living as a foreigner, as a slave, as a prisoner. Joseph was waiting for only one opportunity. All the roads led to only one opportunity. One, one day, one night, Pharaoh had two dreams. One night, two dreams. And that changed his life in a flash. You see, what's going to bring you into breakthrough is not because you've been worrying over these things for a long time. It's just to understand living by the gifts God has given you. I'm going to teach you a lot more about that as we go around the year. But living by the gifts God has given you. Because most of us have never been taught to live by the gifts God has given you. And at this point, I usually talk about fish. And today I won't. But you know fish know how to live by the gifts God has given them. Yeah? You never had a fish in your class studying with you for that degree in finance, that degree in economics. That, the fish never did it. They just live by what they were given by God. Hello? Hi. You are yet to find a fish say, oh, wrong career. I need to start another one. <laughs> ah, I was born in the wrong place. No. A fish says, if I'm born inside water, I'm good. There's something I'm telling you. Joseph teaches us the first principle of living by faith. What has God given me? What do I have? What am I gifted in as a person? Me. And then how do I make sure my life most of my life is lived according to the gifts I have. Are you with me? There's many people who are gifted. Let's say you, your, your biggest gifts are in music. And yet you choose, ah, no, 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 I'll live as an accountant. You'll be frustrated. Huh? Your gifts are clues of your purpose. It's a clue. It's like God leaves a clue. You know, the Easter is coming up, and we do that Easter egg hunt with the kids, and, and you leave some clues, right? And, and, and they get some clues of where things are hidden. Are, are you with me? What's the reason for a clue? To lead you there. Eh? If I said to you, in this room, in this room, I've hidden a million pounds under, under a chair. Now, for some of you, that's enough clues. You can turn this room upside down in 30 seconds. You just kick every chair. Bam, bam, bam. For those of you that love a lot of details, you say, hey, tell us a bit more. Is it on the left or on the right? And I'll give you a clue. It is on my left. You know? You see, what the clue is doing is lead you to where the treasure is. God did not just make you be born on earth without clues as to who you are. The gifts you carry are clues that lead you to where really the treasure in your life is. So it is wrong to ignore all the gifts and yet still want to do well. How can you find treasure if you don't follow the clue? 
So you really need to, to begin to look at the gifts I have. What gifts do I have? You know, what gifts? And start having conversations around things like that. I've been having conversations with Asante about things like that. I'm having conversations about, with him about the gifts he has. What is in you? And he will be telling me some things. And, and you know, and I, I just want him to learn to cultivate what is really in you. What do you think you're gifted in? And you're never too young to start discovering things like that. Now we hear it so many times. One famous singer wins all the awards around and they interview the singer. So when did you start singing? Oh, I started singing when I was three years old. And we go, oh, that's nice. No, learn from that person. Yes, sir. Hello? <laughs> learn from that person. They discovered what's in them quite early. Whilst you are still figuring out, doing everything, doing everything there was to do, figuring out, hitting the wall, everyone, somebody discovered the clues that are in them. I've got a good voice. I think I'm, I'm, I'm called for music, and I'm going to stick to music. I love music. And they, and they continued doing it. And by the time they were 17, they have influence all over the world. And you're still trying to figure yourself out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Clues. Your gifts are the clues. So here's what I'm trying to advise you. If you're going to live by faith, what are the gifts in my life? And how much of my life is really living through the gifts that I have? How much of my life am I doing through the gifts that I have? How much of, am I using the gifts that I have? Or am I just lost in the rat race of work, bills, work, bills, work, bills? That thing has no full stop, by the way. 